Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Welcome back to another episode of Breast Cancer Conversations. As always, I am so thrilled that you tune in week after week to absorb our content, listen to these inspiring stories, and hopefully feel empowered at the end of the episode. Today's episode is part of our NBC webinar series. If you caught the last episode where we were giving tips and tricks for attending San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium, if you're considering going for the first time but a little bit overwhelmed or not quite sure what to pack or what you should like expect when you're there, that's the episode for you. That is kicking off this series as part of our NBC webinar series. Today, we are taking the hour-long webinar that is live-streamed on our survivingbreastcancer.org Facebook page from the other Wednesday and chopping it up into bite-sized pieces of information because just like the conference itself, it can be incredibly overwhelming with the amount of information that the oncologists are sharing about the latest clinical trials and the studies, even being able to connect with other patient advocates all in one place. It's, it's a busy five days. In today's episode, we are going to hear from Amy Parliament. Amy is part of our NBC leadership team at survivingbreastcancer.org. Amy's going to share some key findings and takeaways that were important to her as it relates to inflammatory breast cancer. I preface all of this with these are our understandings as patient advocates. We are not medical professionals. We are not doctors. We don't have MDs, like all of the disclaimers you need. So basically, this is just what we absorbed and what we want to share with our community. And if you have any questions about the content, don't hesitate to reach out to Laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. Welcome to the conversation. All right, shall we get into the meat of things? I think, Amy Parliament, you are up. Hi. So uh, a little bit of my background, I work in healthcare, and I manage an imaging department. Uh, and living with uh, lobular breast cancer, many of you know if you've been diagnosed with that, it's very hard to see on imaging. So it was great to be at San Antonio this year and to have that acknowledged. But I spoke to Dr. Mankoff, who was doing a lot of research behind the scenes. He spoke at a Hot Topics, and he served on a couple of panels. Um, And one of the things that he shared, and I wanted to start with before we start our presentation, is that technology is more advanced right now than our treatment options. So that is something to consider as we discuss uh, what was learned at San Antonio For those of us that attended the first time, we thought the conference was fabulous and we felt like recharged and regenerated, but others that have attended it previously, they didn't see something that really stuck out in their minds. It was just like a year for building. Um, So for invasive lobular carcinoma and inflammatory breast cancer, they're kind of hard to see on imaging. But this year at San Antonio, this was a huge thing. The IBC presentation was selected for a People's Choice presentation, which was a big first. They felt like there are strides and steps being made for um, inflammatory breast cancer that are making a difference in the lives, and they want to be considered because a lot oftentimes you hear about ductal carcinoma, but it's easier seen. And there's been more research and stuff because of the availability to see stuff on imaging. So now we're moving that needle for um, IBC and ILC. 
Right now, they're looking at genomic mutations and how it's different in ductal um, as opposed to IBC or lobular. For lobular, it's the e that makes the difference. So they're now starting to study that. And so that is making a difference. And they're trying to look at gene mutations. But that's been hard to study um, in years past. So it takes, um, Abigail, maybe you can help me here. Like I know as they study, it takes years when they're doing these clinical trials for us to get research back. So sometimes as a patient, we're wanting an answer in a year, and sometimes it takes them five years, 10 years to really make a difference because they're doing the clinical trials or doing the study. So now they're looking at molecular level things and therapeutic options, and they're showing that there's more than 96 genes that are looking or implicated with uh, inflammatory breast cancer than in the non um, inflammatory breast cancer. So there are options. You'll see on this slide that there is um, a published paper. So you can click that or research this to get more information. Um, you can also go to the Inflammatory Breast Cancer International Consortium. They gave a presentation and a synopsis on um, things that were shared. They also have the posters for inflammatory breast cancer on their website and they break them down and they explain them. There's also better education for our symptoms for lobular and inflammatory because we don't necessarily have a lump or a bump that can be focused on. It's basically the patient has to share with the physician if they have changes or sometimes for us, like our cancer tumor markers might shift. With uh, lobular breast cancer, it's not easily visualized because it kind of grows in a sheet-like um, thing, and so it's very hard to see on imaging. But a reminder, ultimately, you as the patient, you are, we're trying to make, they're trying to make this a patient-centric focus, and you're ultimately the person that decides the treatment options that you're going to take. I'll give you a little history for me. I'm on my 65th treatment of my first line of treatment. I've had good response thus far. Um, and I'm on Ibrantz and Fazlodex, but there's like different things in different studies. At one point, I've had the option to change treatments. But even at this conference, I was able to talk to some of the physicians. And many physicians feel like if you're on a treatment that works, you shouldn't change what is already working. You stay where you are. Make sure you're researching and you know and that you're getting data from a reputable study. Another thing that Dr. Mankoff shared in one of the hot topic sessions with regards to lobular and inflammatory, that they're studying the amino acids to see what that is doing um, and how they can make adjustments with injecting for PET-CTs. He also shared that for lobular breast cancer, that you need to have both types of PET-CT. You need the one with FDG and the one with um, Seriana. At the Alamo Foundation sponsors the Hot Topic sessions, and they're every night. What they do is they bring people from the different sessions that were popular during the day, and they discuss and they break down all the information and explain it for the advocates. And then they also give you a chance to ask questions so that was like a big thing for those of us that attended the first time as well, because there's so much data, so much science information, 
but they break it down on a level and tell you like key takeaways. So that was very nice. Um, I'm looking over my notes. There, another thing that they're coming up with for all types of cancer, but that should be able to make a difference for lobular and inflammatory. They're starting to do contrasted mammograms um, for patients. That'll be something that you'll see roll out. If you're in a small rural cancer center, they might not be using that yet because it's not the gold standard. So don't be discouraged. But if you feel like, as always, you could get a second opinion. But that's something that's just now rolling out and they'll continue to study that over the next couple of years. For the Seriana PET CT, just want to put this out there. If you are on some kind of, like for instance, if you're on flavestrant, for you to be able to get an accurate study, sometimes you have to come off of treatment for a certain period of time so that they can get a true diagnosis due to the imaging. That was something that was shared at one of the hot topic sessions. And just remember that when you're talking to other patients, what your treatment is and what their treatment is, it might be a little different based off of your cancer properties. Um, so just remember, like ask questions, but get informed information. And thank you everyone for listening to our show. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast are from personal experiences and are not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always contact your medical care team. If you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. Until next time, keep on thriving.